chapter 8, praise God. I don't know how many of you have uh, had a look at our live stream or the recording, but I thought I'd put this up here. I've been, uh, this is our introductory slide. Uh, in other words, before the live stream actually goes live, this is what people who tune in see. Um, and there's, I think it's a C.S. Lewis quote. Uh, he was talking about this movement in his day where people felt like they had to defend God's word and, you know, stand up for God's word and, and argue that God's word was God's word and they felt like they had to defend it. And C.S. Lewis said that um, the word of God was like a lion. It doesn't need to be defended. It just needs to be uh, unleashed. Praise God. And so um, that's why we <laughs> wanted to go with that particular uh, slide for um, our uh, live stream intro. Praise God. All right, Romans uh, chapter 8, and let's begin at verse number 31. We're going to talk this morning about the power of response. The power of response. Amen. All right, Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Now, there's a lot that we have already talked about in these verses, and there's a lot that we will continue to talk about in these verses. Um, before we really roll up our sleeves and get into what we're going to be looking at this morning, I just want to remind you that Father God loves you today, okay? And um, so many times, you know, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. We, we hear that to the point that we almost become numb to it. And I think sometimes we need to just step back and take a deep breath and realize that the God of this universe, the creator of this universe, um, he, he loves you. Um, he is emotionally connected to you. He, he, he is not indifferent towards you. He's not mad at you, um, but he loves you. Um, he has a vested interest in your success. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, when you succeed, um, he's glorified. Um, just like any parent, when their uh, son or daughter um, excels in some particular area in life, um, it, it, it brings a certain uh, amount of, of, of enjoyment and um, and, and, and pleasure, you know, to uh, um, that parent in the same way. Your Heavenly Father uh, sees you uh, like that. And what he's saying here, among many other important things, is that there's absolutely nothing that you can do to make him stop loving you. And there's nothing that anybody else can do that'll make him stop loving you. There's nothing you can say or anything that anybody else could say. There's no accusation. There's no sin. There's no mistake. There's no failure. There's no devil. There's no demon. There's no angel. There's nothing now. There's nothing in the present. And there's nothing that'll ever come in the future that, that will stop him from loving you. That's true love, my friend. And that's, that's the way that he loves you today. 
And these are the things that the Apostle Paul, listen, he went through the, the, the peril and the sword and the, and the nakedness. I mean, literally uh, out to sea, uh, shipwrecked, uh, hanging onto a plank, you know, um, in the middle of the, of the night. Uh, and yet God was with him. And, and he realized that as long as there was nothing that could separate him from the love of God in his life, then there was nothing in this life that he couldn't overcome uh, by faith and with God's help. And so these are, the, these are the things that we need to encourage ourselves with. These are the things that we need to remind ourselves of. Um, we have an enemy who's constantly trying to, to discourage us and, and tell us that we're no good and that we're worthless and that, that you know, we're just a mistake looking for a place to happen. And, and again, that is not your Heavenly Father's heart for you. That is not His love and His desire for you. Now, if we go back up to the top of these verses, he begins by asking a simple question. What then will you say or will we say to these things? What will, I'm just going to simplify it. What will you say to these things? And what he's talking about here is, is how are you going to respond? That's really the, 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 the simplest way I know how to break this question down is he's asking you and me how we're going to respond. Now, I do want to point out, and, and I leaned over to Pam, uh, some of the comments that Matthew made during the praise and worship time. I leaned over to her and I said, he's preaching my sermon. Because um, he didn't say, what are you going to think about these things? He said, what are you going to say about it? And, and it's very important that when we respond to the things that we're dealing with in life, that, that we respond with carefully chosen words. That we respond with carefully chosen words. And so he didn't say, what do you think about this? Um, he, he, didn't even, he didn't even really say, you know, what's your opinion he said, what will you say? What will you say to these things? So how are you going to respond? What are you going to say about it? And then ultimately, what are you going to do about it? Now, there is a lot, again, that we've already covered. If, if you're new to this study, um, you can access the, the previous uh, messages uh, on the website, hccnow.org. Um, we, we had a little bit of issue with last week's sermon, so it's on uh, my Facebook page, uh, you can access it there. And, of course, that's the videos. If you want just the audios, they're on the podcast. All of them are there on the podcast. So I, I hate to reference things that we've talked about in previous messages because I realize that not everyone has been here for those messages. But, but um, there will be a lot here for you, whether you've been here from day one on this study or just joining us new this morning. There will be plenty here uh, for you to benefit from, all right? But last week we began to look at some very specific and even strategic responses, I gave you an overview of seven of those. And I had every intention this morning, as a matter of fact, I already had the sermon ready to go. Uh, I had every intention this morning of, of digging into that. But I really just felt like the Lord this week began to, um, you know, slow my roll a little bit, so to speak. And, and um, I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves because I think before we really look at um, some strategic responses that we need to develop and incorporate into our lives, um, we need to step back for a moment and just look at what I call the power of your response. In other words, I, I feel like sometimes we, we don't realize, matter of fact, I, I said that wrong, I'm convinced, matter of fact, this is in my notes, um, I'm convinced that none of us have fully grasped how much in our lives depends on how we respond to the things that we deal with. In other words, how much really is, is weighing in the balance 
um, and, 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 it's, and it's based upon um, how we respond to the things that we experience, to the circumstances, how we respond to other people, how we respond to things that are, that are said about us or to us, or for that matter, um, you know, the Bible says that we should not take up another person's offense. And, you know, we can respond incorrectly to things that doesn't, they don't even have anything to do with us. It doesn't even involve us. And next thing you know, we've, we've done gotten waist deep into somebody else's um, uh, issue and offense and, 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 and problems. These things can, as the Bible says, they can be like tasty morsels, hard, hard to resist, like donut holes, right? It's, the gossip's hard sometimes to, to keep from just, uh, you know, popping three or four of them before you even know what you've done. And so we need, I think, some time to really consider the power our individual response has uh, over our individual life realities. And so before we go any further in our study, I want us to spend some time together this morning really examining this closely. Some of the things we've already mentioned, um, but there's a whole lot here that we have not yet um, stated for the record, okay? So manipulating our responses is one of the main ways Satan manipulates our lives, and he's doing it right under our noses. Okay. Remember, the devil can't make you do anything. Um, every, every wrong, if you think about it, every, every wrong response, every, every mistake, every sin, um, every dumb thing that we've said, uh, every poor choice that we've made, they've, they've all been and they've all come in the form of a response. What, what is sin other than the wrong response to temptation? And so when we really start digging in and looking uh, much closer um, at these things, we see how our response, uh, again, to so many different factors and so many different um, things and issues in our lives um, has so much impact and so much influence on our life reality. So one more time, the devil can't make you do anything. Um, but for instance, we talked about offenses, and it's a classic example of this. An offense in the original language in the Bible is the word scandalon, and that literally means the stick that sets the trap, the bait stick. And so anytime someone offers you an opportunity to be offended, you don't have to take that opportunity. But just know that when the, when the, when the devil offers you through some circumstance, through some situation, through some slight, through something that somebody said or didn't say or did or didn't do, now you have an opportunity to be offended. Notice if you take the offense, you are reacting, you are responding um, to those circumstances, to those words, to the actions or words uh, of, of, of someone else. And, and it's a trap that the enemy is setting for you. And he's baiting that trap, anticipating you having a wrong response to that particular situation. And so this is how he manipulates our lives. He manipulates our lives by manipulating our responses. And then he makes those responses seem uh, so enticing by manipulating the circumstances and situations uh, around us. And again, he's doing it right under our noses. Hosea chapter 4 and verse number 6, the first part of that verse, God speaking, he says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, right? So again, when we're ignorant of these things, when we've never really considered these things or given them the proper attention in our lives, it doesn't neutralize their effect, uh, their power over us. Just because we don't understand the power of gravity 
that doesn't mean gravity doesn't apply to us. And just because we've never considered the power of our responses, it doesn't mean that our responses have no power over us. It's just the opposite. Our responses are going to have impact in our lives and, and what we experience and the quality of our lives, our emotional well-being, our physical well-being, all of the above, every area and aspect of our lives, whether we understand the power that they have over us or not. Amen. So uh, this is why we've said never underestimate the power of your response. Never underestimate. And by response, we mean your words and actions in any given situation. Never underestimate the power of your words and actions in any given situation. Now, I, it keeps bumping in my, in my spirit, so I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself in terms of what I have strategically laid out in my notes ahead of time. But let me just go ahead and mention this, and I believe we'll have time to get to it in greater detail this morning. But I want you to think you know, for just a moment. Um, one of the strategies and, and tactics that the devil tries to use against us is by, by you know, encouraging us to focus on the things that we don't have and by, by frustrating us through, through enticing us to focus on the things that we cannot control. Have you figured out by now that you can't control what other people do? Have you figured out by now you can't control what other people say? You can't control what other people think? Amen. Now, certainly, we, we can encourage one another. We can minister to one another. Um, we can do all that we can through, you know, through God and the Holy Spirit to influence other people. But what it boils down to is people are going to do what people are going to do. People are going to think what people are going to think. People are going to say what people are going to say. Amen? And when it's all said and done, you don't control their thoughts, words, and actions. But what you do have control over is how you respond to them. This is where you have control. This is where the real power that you possess, right, lies in, in any situation. Amen. You may have a stubborn boss that, that that's, that's, you know, seems just determined to make your life miserable. Well, you can certainly pray for, for them. You can be a blessing to them. You, you can humble yourself and all, all these other things. But that's no guarantee that that's going to change them. Amen. How many people in, in different relationships in their lives, and even, even husbands and wives, you know, that, that live their whole lives wanting their spouse to change? Pray for them, love them. The Bible says that, that the, the husband will be saved by the conversation of the wife. And, 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 and what he's talking about is, is how we carry ourselves and handle ourselves in these situations. But notice the conversation of the wife is talking about how the wife responds or how the husband responds. So again, we don't have control over what other people do. And if you, if, if you allow the enemy to, to deceive you into focusing on that, then you're going to be a very frustrated and very miserable person, very confused person. But you can have joy. Remember, joy and happiness are not the same things. Happiness comes from the word happenstance, which, again, you know, is based upon what's going on around you, the circumstances around you. Joy doesn't come from the outside, outside of you in. Joy comes from the inside of you out. And so what you have control over and the power that you have in all of these situations is, is how you respond, what you're going to say, what you're going to do. Are you hearing me, right? Anybody remember the proverb, a soft answer turns away wrath, right? But so many times, you know, we just give it right back. And, 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 and this is falling again right into one of those traps of the enemy. So never underestimate the power 
of your response, the power of your words and actions in any given situation. Now, we're going to build on some of this, so I'm, I'm, I'm reviewing. How you respond to the challenges you face in life is the difference between victory and defeat. I may say that for the next six weeks every Sunday morning, okay? Uh, I'm not saying I will, I'm just saying I may, because I, I, I believe in my heart that it is, it is that important. I'm not sure, let's go back to the, the destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I'm not sure that we've made the, the, the proper connection between victory and defeat and how we respond to the things that we face in life. I'm not, I'm not sure that, that, that we've connected those two the way they need to be connected. Amen? So you can be in an absolutely what the world would call helpless, hopeless situation, but you can have the right response to that situation and it will lead you out of that to victory. Or you can have the wrong response to that situation and it will lead you in a greater downward spiral of, of failure and defeat. So notice though, who, who has you know, control over your response? You are the one that controls, that determines, that decides, that chooses how you respond. So I want to make sure you understand this because I don't know of anybody in this room that enjoys losing. Okay? We, we were created to be winners. Our God is a winner and we were created in His image and His likeness and that's why we enjoy winning. Are you hearing me? That's why we don't like to lose. And I know some, some people say, well, man, you know, she's really competitive or man, he, he's the most competitive person I know. And I guess depending on our different personality types, some people can manifest competitiveness more than others. But the bottom line of it is this. Don't, don't think because somebody doesn't come across as being aggressive or competitive that that somehow means they enjoy losing because none of us do. Amen. We all want to win. We all want to win in life. We want to win in our marriages. We want to win in our families. We want to win when it comes to our finances. We want to win when it comes to raising our children. Am I right about this? Okay. And so notice now... This is a key factor that I'm not sure we've made the proper connection, okay? Um, The difference between victory and defeat is often found in how you respond to the situations that you find yourself in. How you respond to the challenges you face in life is the difference between victory and defeat. So do you see why Satan is trying to manipulate the way you respond? Because if he can trick you and me into, deceive you and me into the wrong response then that wrong response is going to cause defeat in our lives. And so then we, then we go around whining about how the devil's defeating us. Did the devil defeat you? He didn't defeat you. He just tricked you into a wrong response, but it was how you responded. The devil doesn't have the power of victory and defeat. Are you hearing me? He doesn't have the power of death and life. You have the power. The power of death and life turns on what you say, right? On, on what comes out of your mouth. On your response. That's why he says, what are you going to say to these things? Because if you say the wrong thing, it's only going to get a whole lot worse. But you can say the right thing, my friend, and keep saying it. And hold fast your confession, as the Bible tells us. And it's going to pull you out of that mess. It's going to pull you out of that seemingly hopeless, helpless situation. All right, how about this? How you respond to the chaos around you will determine whether you're part of the answer or part of the problem. Am I the only one that's been part of the problem before and didn't know that I was? See, we, we, we can be part of the problem in, in our own lives and in, in other people's lives and, and never make that connection. All right, here's another one. Bringing your words and actions, that's another way of saying your response. Bringing your response into alignment with God's words and actions creates a defense around you that cannot be penetrated. That cannot be penetrated. 
I want you to think about it for a moment. The right response will protect you and cause the devil to flee from you. Amen. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and the devil will flee from you. He will flee from you. Notice that's the response, right? The response is submit and resist. Submit and resist our responses. Okay, are you seeing this? Submit and resist our responses. I heard Brother Keith Moore say this years ago, and it's really stuck out in, in, in my heart. He said that, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about us submitting to one another, submitting to those who have authority over us. And he said submitting really doesn't come into play until you disagree with those who are in authority over you. And, 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 that, and that's true, right? In other words, as long as, as long as your boss, every decision they make is the one you'd make if you were the boss, then, then you're really technically not submitting. It's, it's, when, it's when they make a decision that you would have done something differently. So you've got a choice to make. Are you going to rebel against their authority? Or are you going to you know, submit yourself to it? Do you see? So when we're talking about submitting to God and resisting the devil, what's implied in, in that passage is that there's, there's something at play. There's, there's something going on, some temptation, some issue, some problem, right? That we, we've got to make a decision. Are we going to do it our way or are we going to do it God's way? Are we going to say what we want to say? Are we going to give them a piece of our mind, right? Or are we going to submit ourselves to God, let the soft answer turn away wrath? Are you seeing this? You submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So the right response will protect you and cause the devil to flee from you. But the wrong response will expose you to the attacks of your enemy. The wrong response will expose you. I'm talking about the power of response this morning. Have you ever thought about this, that victory and defeat hinged upon how you respond? Have you ever thought about the right response will protect you and cause the devil to actually flee from you, uh, not just protect you from him, but cause him to flee from you, but the wrong response will, will literally uh, uh, egg him on. It, 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 it will draw him uh, in. There, there are things that we do in life that, 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 that the enemy is repelled by, and then there are things that we do in life that, that, are, that attract him, that, that, that draw him in, all right? So again, one more time, just to simplify this, your response determines whether you are protected or exposed. Your response determines whether you are protected or exposed. Your response has the ability to silence and dominate the devil, but your response also has the ability to prevent the will of God from being accomplished in your life. Notice again, the power of response. Now, I don't think we can talk about all this without at least mentioning this. This is something that I've, I've preached a, a sermon series on in the past. So I'm not going to try to do that, obviously, this morning. But faith is my response to who God is and what He has said to me and about me. Faith is my response to who God is and what He has said to me and about me. Now, this was a, a really important revelation in my life personally because for, for many years... Um, I viewed faith as my efforts to get God to respond to me. I viewed faith as something that I tried to practice and operate in and use to get God to meet my need. Okay, You say, well, Pastor Mark, what's wrong with that? 
Well, what's wrong with that is a failure to understand that God has already met my need. Amen. He's already given to me all things that pertain to life and godliness according to his word. He has already blessed me with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, Ephesians 1 and 3. He has already given me uh, uh, the spirit uh, his spirit so that I might know the things that have been given to me uh, in Christ Jesus. And I could, just, I could go on and on and on with this. By his stripes you were healed. Amen. So we see, did I just lose some of you? I'm not trying to lose you. Okay. But so many times, you know, we have this, this wrong understanding that, that somehow we're using faith um, to leverage God. Now, if you say this and think this way and believe this, that's okay. I'm not trying to pick a fight with you this morning, but be careful how you respond to me. I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. Just hear me out, right? I've heard it preached by other people that faith is, is currency, that it's, it's a heavenly currency, that somehow you, it's like you use faith to buy miracles or something. I, no, no, you can't buy the things of God. Why are we trying to buy something he's already given us? Amen. If he, if he didn't withhold his only son, how will he not with him also freely give us all things? See, prayer is not you trying to talk God into doing something for you. Prayer is your effort to get in agreement with and in alignment with what God has already done for you, what He's already given to you, what He's already said about you. Amen. Are you hearing me? So even when we talk about the power of our response, faith is, is responding to God. Faith by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. The Bible tells us that Jesus died on a cross for us. Jesus took the punishment that we all deserve for us. And He's already done that. It's a past-completed work. If, if someone was to get born again in this room this morning, they would simply be exercising faith in response to what Jesus has already done for them and freely given and made available to them. So I believe this morning, talking about the power of response, it is not an exaggeration to say your response is a matter of life or death. Your response is a matter of life or death. You say, well, Pastor Mark, why, why would you say something like that? Proverbs 18 and 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Okay? Now, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. See, we, we try to assign the power over these things um, other places. When in reality, the power, and that, and, and that word, um, in the power of the tongue, one translation literally says it hinges on, right? So a door <clears throat> is, is affixed to a hinge, right? And that door can either be closed Swing one way and close it, or you can swing it another way and open it. It's one hinge. It's one hinge that determines two different positions. So your tongue is one hinge that determines two different positions, or we could say two different responses. Now, when we talk about response, we're talking about, first of all, things that we say but responses are more than words, but I believe, again, what the Lord is showing us both in His Word and in our current study is that our responses need to begin with carefully chosen words. We, we, we need to, because what we understand from James, and I, there's a section in, in my notes that we'll get to maybe next week, but listen to me very carefully, okay? 
You'll never understand the power of your response until you understand the power of words. Because our first and most important response in any situation is what we say about that situation. What we say. Now, now, why is that such a big deal? Because James tells us that the words that come out of our mouths literally chart the course that our life follows. Okay, you still with me? So if you think about um, a choo-choo train, you know what I'm saying? Anybody got choo-choo train? You, got, you understand what I mean here? Train. Um, that train travels on tracks that have already been laid in advance. Not like a car. Car can drive on the road. Car can go off road. Car can drive up in, you know, uh, you know, your backyard and get washed on the grass or whatever. Right? Train doesn't enjoy that freedom. A train travels on a predetermined set of tracks. And what we have to understand is that our words lay down the tracks that our life follows. This is why we see of our Heavenly Father that He always declares the end from the beginning. Before anything gets started, Father God has already declared, He's already spoken out of His mouth how it's going to turn out. Think about this for a minute, right? He's already declared the end from the beginning. The power of your response. You'll never understand the power of your response until you understand the power of your words. Satan, your enemy, rest assured, he understands the power of your words. He knows that the power of your words are, are, is much greater than the power of his words. His words carry no power, right? Remember what we said a few weeks ago? What would this world look like if every human being on planet Earth no longer listened to the devil or did anything he was trying to deceive them or trick them into doing? He would be powerless. He would be powerless. Think about it. Think about it for a minute. The day you were born again, every devil in hell opposed you getting born again, but not a single one of them or all of them together could keep you from doing it because you made up your mind to do it. Right? Are you hearing me? Now, maybe... Ten minutes later, maybe the next morning, he tried to tell you nothing happened. Right? He tried to tell you, oh, you're not saved. <laughs> that was just emotion. Okay? Again, notice he's lying. If he's, if he's, if he's opened his mouth, he's lying. But, but that has no power over you unless you agree with him. Unless you say, man, nothing really happened. Again, that's, that's how the enemy tries to work against us. It's all back to the power of your response. He's going to tell you you're not saved. He's going to tell you you're not healed. He's going to tell you you're not rich. He's going to tell you that you're not blessed. He's going to tell you that you're no good. He's going to tell you that you're a loser. He's going to tell you all these things. But His words over you have absolutely no power over you whatsoever unless you give them place in your life, unless you agree with Him, unless you say out of your mouth what He's trying to whisper into the backside of your, of your mind. Come on now, are you with me this morning? He can't just say to you, you're not saved, and now all of a sudden you're not saved anymore. He's seeing this. He can't say, I now declare you no longer prosperous. He can't do that. He tries. He wants you to think he can can't say that and and it carry any weight in your life unless 
you listen to him, agree with him. Because what he's trying to ultimately get you to say is, man, I'm no good. I never amount to anything. My family was broke. I'm, I'm broke. I've always been broke. We've been broke for seven generations. But see, he's, he's wanting you to say these things. Him telling you you broke is not enough to make you broke. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. So before anything ever gets started, Father God, that's why I'm not trying, listen, you be a hearer of the word and not a doer, right? Um, that, 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 that doesn't work. And so there is a tremendous difference in our lives um, when we do what God says. I'm not trying to, to leave that out. But I think what you're going to find, though, if you'll start practicing this, as, as, and the devil's going to try to make you, make you feel silly, you know. Uh, he's going to try to make you feel like, you know, you're just some fanatic or something, right? Um, but I'm offering to you this morning that perhaps doing it is so hard because you're not saying it first. See, we, we try to say one thing and do another. It's, very, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to live in the freedom that Jesus paid such a high price for you to have if you keep talking an addict out of your mouth. Right? You see what I'm saying? Well, you know, hi, I'm John, and I'm an alcoholic. But we're going to try to live free. Now, see, again, you've you got you to gotta say, I'm free. Let the redeemed of the Lord say how miserable they are in their sin. no. Let the redeemed say so. Say I'm redeemed. Say I'm free. Say I'm healed. Say I'm prosperous. Let the weak man say he's strong. See, if, if, if we'll start saying it, this, this, is, this is how so many people get confused by this. They want to wait till they do it for a while before they say it. They want to wait till they've lived in freedom from addiction for about six months before they tell somebody, hey, I've, I've, been, clean for, I've been clean for six months now. <laughs> no, you, you clean right now. Listen to me. Even if you couldn't pass a drug test right now, if you're born again, you're clean right now. You're free right now. Amen. So, see, we've got to get this out of our mouths because what comes out of your mouth is charting the course that your life follows. And so this is why every response has to begin with carefully chosen words. We've got to say what we want this thing to be. Amen. Death and life in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. All right, let's go Deuteronomy 30, 19. God speaking, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Now, if you're familiar with this portion of, of, of the Bible, what, what Father God is basically saying to them is it's, it's death, it's, it's life, it's cursing, it's blessing. You choose, but let me give you a cheat sheet here. Choose life. And he's talking about and, and literally putting in front of them an opportunity to respond which, which, which way are you going to go? Which path are you going to choose? Which, which course are you going to take? Now, 
<clears throat> let's do this. I'm, I'm about to close. Everybody good? Yeah, you got a couple more minutes? Hmm. Nobody has a couple more minutes? Okay, I'm just kidding. Think of how many times a day we respond. Man. Man. See, I asked if you got a few more minutes, and I didn't get any response. I, was, I, wanted, I needed one, right? I need, somebody to, I need somebody to encourage me, all right? Think of how many times a day we respond. See, this is part of the problem is because we don't, we don't really realize. There's different kinds of responses. The one the devil is really, really trying to develop in your life is what I call a pre-programmed response, an automatic response. Yeah. Automatic response. Where the answer is no before we ever hear the question. Where the, right? Where, you know... The answer is, he must be talking about somebody, but he's not talking about me before we ever hear what the, what the verse says. So these pre-programmed response, we'll get into that more. Think of how many times a day we respond. All right, now, how about this? Change the way you respond, and you will change your life. I've said it for years now. I talked about it in, in my book, Becoming a Threat to Addiction. I consider myself to be a student of change, a student of change. What does that mean? First of all, it means I believe people can change, okay? I don't believe we can change um, really to amount to anything positive without the Lord's help, and I believe that we need other people's help, but I believe that we can change. I have witnessed it in my own life, and I have witnessed it in the lives of countless other men and women. I believe that Father God can bring tremendous change to our lives. Michael Dye says, nothing glorifies God more than a changed life. Amen. And Father God loves to change us. And so when I say I'm a student of change, I like to study what the Bible says about change and, and, and how we can practically experience change in our lives. And I believe this one right here is one of the more important ones that we've ever talked about. Because I believe changing the way we respond is one of the most practical ways to experience change in our lives. Think about it this way. How can things ever be different if our responses remain the same? And I think, you know, again, we're trying to pull back the curtain, so to speak, on some things this morning. And I believe this is one of them. Um, we try and try to change our lives. You know, New Year's is just around the corner, and we make all these resolutions that we're going to change, and something about that fresh calendar and, you know, fresh 365 days ahead of us that we're going to do all these things better and different. And, and yet it seems so hard sometimes. Can I, can I tell you why it's so hard? Because as much as we won't change, if we never really look at the way we respond and what needs to be changed in our responses, then how can anything ever be any different in our lives okay just a few more here changing the way we respond is one of the most practical ways to introduce the word of god into our life reality i like that right there i like that right there amen in other words i think you know let me let me let me put this on the screen 
for, for a lot of people, there's a huge disconnect between what they know about God and His Word and the way they live their daily lives. See, what I heard it said this way, and, and, I, and I believe there's some truth to this, but again, we're all a work in progress, but the part of this book that you really believe is the part that you live, right? So again, there's this huge disconnect where people know all these things about God and all these things about the Bible, but it, it never makes it down to what I call the street level of their lives. It never, it never makes it down to where the rubber meets the road, the cutting edge. And so what we're talking about now is a practical way to introduce and incorporate the Word of God into our life reality. And that is by changing the way we respond, you know, using the Word of God as our template for our daily responses. Here's a question for you. How many of our daily responses fail to consider what the Word says? Right? I think one of the most important questions you could ever ask yourself in any situation is, what does the Word say? Come on now. What does the Word say? And we need to ask ourselves this question before we just go responding, flying off the handle. Well, the way I see it is... Well, we're not interested in the way you see it. How does God see it? Right? You didn't come here this morning to hear how I see it. Amen. What does the Word say? But how many of those hundreds of responses throughout our our daily lives, how many of those responses uh, are are offered or tendered uh, without ever considering a single time what the Word says? How many of our daily responses fail to consider who we are in Christ, fail to consider the covenant that we have with God, fail to consider the promise He's made to us, fail to consider the authority we have in the name of Jesus, fail to consider the public defeat of the devil. How many responses do we make on a daily basis that fail to consider the righteousness we've been made in Christ Jesus? Again, a practical way to incorporate the Word of God in our daily lives. Amen. Singers and musicians, come on, we'll finish right here. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to I end on a high note this morning. This may not be the highest of notes, but I really feel compelled that I need to say this, okay? So as they're coming, listen to me very carefully, okay? Our responses provide powerful clues to needed areas of growth in our lives. All right, if, if this is your first uh, Sunday in this series, um, then obviously this question won't mean a lot to you, but for those of you who've been here while we've been talking about our responses of the last few weeks, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, concerned about asking this question, right? But I won't ask it anyway. Are you becoming more aware of your responses? Wow, okay. So listen to me now. I believe becoming aware of wrong responses is more than half the battle of changing them. It's more than half the battle. See, we're blinded. We are blinded to so many things. And so, again, our responses provide powerful clues to hidden areas. Listen to me now. Hidden areas of ignorance. When I say hidden areas, ignorant and didn't know we were. If we'll pay close attention to our responses, right? They'll reveal hidden areas of ignorance, doubt, 
pride, come on now, fear, immaturity, insecurity. Come on now. Anybody caught themselves over the last couple of weeks responding like a big baby? Immaturity. <laughs> You're acting like a child. You're acting like a toddler. You're acting like a three-year-old, right? Amen. Well, I'm not saying you'll be hard on yourself, but we've got we to gotta realize these things, all right? Pay attention to how you respond. The, rea- the reality is we're blinded to most of our wrong responses. And so, again, this is why recognizing a wrong response is more than half the battle. Questions we need to ask ourselves and the Lord about our responses. Why do I blank every time blank happens? Right? See, if you look at it, and a lot of these, when we talk about identifying these, I got to quit, I know. We talk about these pre-programmed responses. The thing about a pre-programmed automatic response is... Sometimes we don't even realize that it was a response. It happened so seamlessly in our lives. What I'm asking the Lord in my life and for you is that he will show us these responses, that we become aware of them, and that we would be courageous enough to ask him, Father, why is it that every time this happens, I do this? Why is it every time somebody looks at me this way, I feel this way? Why is it every time she comes in the room, I think, I feel, I, right? These are things that are going to help us experience real growth and real progress in our lives. Amen? All right, let's stand together. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you so much this morning. And you're so good to us. (laughs) You've done so much for us, Lord. You've helped us in so many ways. And Father, I thank you that you're here to help us this morning, Lord. You, you're showing us, Lord, how we've re- responded in some ways, Father, that, that, that have continued a cycle of defeat, continued a cycle of, of, of addiction and bondage in our lives, Father, when, when you, you're showing us how to have a better response, one that is more reflective of who you are, one that's more reflective of who we are in you, one that's more reflective of what you've done for us, what you've said about us, what you've given to us, who we are in Christ Jesus, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we're becoming aware of these things. Lord, not, there's no condemnation, not for, not for condemnation, Father, but, but for growth and for development. Lord, that, that if there's hidden areas of insecurity and immaturity and fear and doubt and pride and ignorance, Lord, that, that when we respond ignorantly, when we respond pridefully, when we respond in an immature way, Father, that, that we would see that, that you would show us that, Father, and that you would help us correct it. What shall we say to these things, Father? Lord, I thank you that, that this is an area in our lives that, that you have given us responsibility over. Lord, this, this is an area in our lives, Father, that we have control over. You will certainly help us if we'll let you. Father, if, if we'll surrender control of our responses to you and let you help us, Father, then you'll help us respond in a way that will lead to victory and success, uh, Father, and growth in our lives. Lord, I thank you for everyone again this morning. I thank you for your hand upon our lives. And Lord, I thank you for this time now of worship before we're dismissed. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like prayer this morning as John Mark leads us, feel free to come and be happy to pray with you. If you're here this morning, maybe you've never been born again. We talked about that a little bit today. And and you'd like to receive Jesus as your Savior. Again, uh, you're welcome to come. We'd be happy uh, to pray with you this morning. But let's worship.